the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. The time 610. I've got two lines open. Love to hear from you. one 367 Two lines open to talk with yours truly, Jesse Gistand. We're talking about how to gospelize social justice issues, as one pastor puts it, as opposed to social issues uh, redefining the gospel gospelize social issues. In other words, bring the gospel to it. Show men and women that what they really need is Jesus, not just, you know, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and just kind of handling the matters in our own human strength. Hasn't worked in thousands of years, won't ultimately work without God's blessings and grace in it. Uh, And it's a collaborative effort, no doubt about it. But we do have to first learn how to have a conversation around these issues. One, triple eight, Three six seven five three two nine, or I'll take your observations or questions on other things that may be as germane as well. Since we've got about forty five minutes to go, let me go to line one and talk with Deborah in Oakland. Deborah, what's your question or observation? Hi, Jesse. Hi. What's up, Jesse? Love has no color or culture or whatever. It has nothing. It's just. Loving God, if you love God and you're full of his love, then he's going to show you moment by moment what to do, what to say, and what attitude to have. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, but we're still sinners. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not, but I'm saying that I would would say that I'm a sinner, and I would say that so are you and everyone else, and so um, that's where we have to focus. We have to know who we are and what we are, and then we do it anyway. Right. We, uh, right. God and love, love God and love, love other people. Well, how come, it's, how come it's not working? Because people are getting into a social aspect. And I think love is social. Mm-hmm. Love is economic. Love mm-hmm. is all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to raise a question. I'm going to raise a question to see if I can uh, see what you would dream of. If God gave you a special um, cause— after having told you to read your Bible twice very carefully so you know what his word says, after being very clear on um, being a true disciple, and after being clear on the gospel, um, what would what cause would you take up in all of the different venues of life, business, um, entertainment, education, uh, charities, um, uh, uh, the medical field, what have you? If you had a, if you had a dream job for which you could actually serve the cause of Christ in it, what would that be? Being a servant of all. Yeah, but that's not a vocation. You got to give me something concrete, girl. Well, yeah, it is because that's what Wilberforce did. Yeah, but Wilberforce was a politician, too. Yeah, but politics are part of that. That's my point. That's what I'm asking you. Do you want to be a politician? Well, if that... I would ask God which would be the best way for me to go, and I would go that way. <laughs> See, all right, there you go. You're smart. You cop it out, but you're smart. I, I I agree with you on that. Ask God to give you a cause, 
and then go with that cause. And in that cause, be a loving gospel Christian and see if you can infect the environment with uh, with the gospel, right? Yeah. Right. That's what we want to do. Let me see if I can get a few other callers to do that, too. Thanks for the call, Deb. Line number three, Mark, what say ye about our topic today? About a dream job? If the, if the Lord told you to take up a cause uh, after reading your Bible twice, after being clear on sound biblical discipleship, after being clear on what the gospel of the grace of God in Christ is, what would be that cause that you would take up in any of the fields, politics, um, education, business, the medical field, technology, entertainment? What field would you take up the cause to actually affect that culture, that environment with the gospel? What would it be? Well, David said, uh, is there not a cause, right? There's a whole bunch of people who said that in the Bible. Yeah, and Jesus said, for this cause came I into the world. To what? To what? What was the rest of the sentence? But you're not Jesus, and so you're evading my question. Oh, I'm not evading it. Right, right. so now if, if God gave you, if God, if God told you to take up a cause, what cause would you take up? I'm telling you. You haven't said it at all. You quoted a couple pieces of two Bible verses that um, I'm not entertaining because I'm trying to get you to respond before I let you go. What cause would you take? For this, for this cause came I into the world, to bear witness unto the truth. To tell them what what the word of God says. That's the greatest cause there is, the proclamation of the gospel. Okay, so what so you why, so what you would be oh, is a preacher. Yeah. Oh what, definitely. I'd rather be that than your job, a talk show host. Well, yeah, this is just um just this is just a mediation role that I have here, which I happen to love. Uh I get a chance to exercise causes here too, by the way. Yeah, well along those lines, remember when we talked about uh Constantine setting Easter and how Easter fell on Passover. Remember that? And I know I know Constantine was not a born again, right? You would agree with that. He he claimed to be a Christian, but he, he never actually You don't saved. know nothing about that. Leave Constantine alone. That's completely irrelevant. That's that's an ad hominem that has no 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 real basis in any kind of uh, redeemable conversation. You don't know what happened to Constantine. Neither do I. All that you know about Constantine, Constantine is what other people have said. So, uh, what is so your what is we, your point? The point is is if Jesus had died on Sunday, the first day of the week, and fa- first fruits was always on Sunday. Okay, that was the feast Jesus resurrected on. Was first fruits? Not you know we refer to it as Easter, but that's not the right name. But the point is, is if he did, he would have stayed dead seven days, because it was uh, the first Sunday after Passover. Read Leviticus 23. Who are you arguing arguing with, man? Who are you arguing with? I'm just saying that when Jesus said he'd stay dead three days, the reason why he said that was because he knew that the Passover in that particular year uh, was three days before the Feast of First Fruits. Okay, but the point is, is it's really quite interesting. This this uh, Easter that we have, what we call Easter, and many Christians celebrate on that day that we call Easter, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it falling on Passover is just 
should cause us to not at all. You know, praise the one God. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So I'm going to overthrow this one and let you go in front of everybody out there because your fundamental presupposition is still flawed. And I keep telling you that. Right. So the Bible says that these Old Testament Sabbath laws and, and feast days and holy days were all a shadow. The substance is Jesus. When Christ rose again on the first day of the week, which may have been a definite first fruits um, uh, um, uh, holiday for the Jewish people during that time, according to uh, the astronomical and Jewish calendars, may very well have been. We have no doubt about that. The Holy Ghost came down on that following Pentecost. We're clear on that. We were done with the feast days. We were done with new moons. We were done with Sabbath days. We were done with the Old Testament ceremonial system because of its weak weakness and beggarliness. We no longer attach to um, uh, the Old Testament feast days any spiritual significance whatsoever if we want to benefit from a full grace understanding of the sufficiency of Christ and the fullness of Christ that he brought in when he rose again from the dead. But what happens is a lot of my brothers and sisters, very much like you, somehow want to go back and forth to the law system and entangle us in the weak and beggarly elements of the world in terms of chronologies, completely irrelevant, Uh, just as irrelevant as us using the term Easter or the term Pascha, which is the Greek term that's used in the book of Acts, which is translated Easter, and it should be Passover. But they were observing Passover as Passover, not as a New Testament day of worship. Paul was still trying to reach his Jewish brethren whenever they observe any of the feast days. I got that. That's a wonderful thing to do. But the New Testament church has moved up and out of that Old Testament system into a very clear New Testament precedent as the first day of the week being the day in which God would be most gloriously honored by the resurrection of his son being on the first day of the week. And that is not even a law. That's just a tradition. We don't have any laws as to what day we worship Christ. We can worship Christ any day of the week. It just happens to be right for it to be done on a resurrection day or what we call Sunday. And even that, I mean, if we wanted to get all wrapped up in uh, in terms of nomenclature, Sunday is an English word that's rooted in a pagan holiday, Sunday. And so we want to be very careful about that kind of stuff. Make sure that um, the essence of what you and I are doing is really about the centrality of gospel issues, the preaching of Christ and the exaltation of Christ and the finished work of Christ and salvation through Christ and grace through Christ and redemption through Christ. And most of all, forgiveness of sins through Christ Because what people need to hear is the message of the forgiveness of sins by the proprietary work of Jesus Christ once for all death on the cross Almost 2,000 years ago. That's what they need to hear, and that's what the Spirit of God honors. Thank you for the call. Going to take a break when I come back. Three lines open. one 367 one We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. All right. The time is 624. Three lines are open. If you want to call with a question, comment, you got an issue you want to talk about, you want to chime in on our topic today, and that is uh, causes for which, as a gospeler, you want to be part of people's lives, whether it's in the media or whether it's in education, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's in entertainment. This is where God is dropping the good seed of the kingdom in order for uh, the message of the gospel to make an impact in people's lives. This is the parable that Christ gave, you know, 
sower so good seed into the field and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. So you and I want to be able to go for God wherever God wants us to go after we're prepared to go. And I'm asking you in light of some of the social justice issues that we affirm existing in our world, uh, you know, gender complexity, uh, sexual abuse, uh, child uh, labor laws, slavery, um, all sorts of uh, just bizarre and problematic issues. Again, the violence that's taking place um, in our um, law enforcement frequently with uh, people of color and minorities, et cetera. Um, how would you um, how would you go and how would you impact that environment without losing the gospel, which is, you know, often the liability and indemnity of those who don't go with the gospel as their ultimate objective? Uh, three lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I say that because um, very frequently those of us as parents have young people who become excited about an issue because they're so tapped into the media outlets whether internet or their phones or whatever force of uh, social media um, format they have been um, brought into or connected with, they're now engaging people. And I'm asking you, how would you respond to that? So actually, I want to go line number one and talk with Travis and Berkeley on that topic. Hey, Travis, Travis, what's your question, comment, or observation, young man? Good evening, Pastor Jesse. Um, how, how you doing? I think the I think the cause that I would be interested in would be um, missionary work. Okay. The Bible says go and go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, more so, um, more relevant probably um, would be uh, maybe the political field or the medical field. Okay, yeah, just because... Mission, just missionary work in general. Right, missionary work is what we do because missionary work is who we are as believers. So if you had... Let's say then you're going to talk about either the medical field or another field. What was that other field? Uh, I would say uh, politics. Okay, maybe. politics. Okay, so if you had an opportunity to go into politics, would it be local or would it be at like a state or national level? Uh, I would be probably more interested in state or national level. Okay, so what about our local level, man? Let's say, for instance, right now in Sacramento, I don't know if you know what's going on, but there's kind of some hype and controversy around killing a young black brother a couple of weeks ago that, you know, that got into a, a, a sort of a conflict with the police. He was running, ran into his own grandmother's backyard, and they unloaded on him with three bullets, and he had he didn't even have a gun. Um, and, and that became a big uproar and there's stuff going on right now politically about it. They stopped traffic. They stopped the game at the Arco, not Arco Arena, but the Sacramento Arena uh, because they wanted to call attention to it because our media frequently does not address those kind of things. Now, you live in Berkeley and, you know, Berkeley got a ton of different issues going on as well, but they may not necessarily appeal to you. Could you see yourself for the cause of the gospel just staying local and learning about local policy, local legislation, and maybe, you know, trying to win a seat on a board and become influential as salt and light uh, just in the local neighborhood? Or or, or or do you really feel like you got to go up to Washington, D.C.? No, I can see myself being being in that position as well. Uh, actually, I uh, was uh, well aware of that topic. Okay. Me and a friend was actually having a conversation about that. Okay. okay. And um, one one of the things that was mentioned is that uh, a person could even, um, you know, try to even get uh, on the police force to even make a difference in that way. I agree. I see now, see now, 
I agree with that. Um, I know a, a bunch of young brothers that are moving in that direction. That actually is profound there, Travis, in, in all reality, because to me, what that's saying is we're not going to run from the structure. We're going to try to infiltrate the structure. And so I, I haven't even heard that conversation from young people yet. Get on the inside and change it from the inside um, because we still need law enforcement. And it would be better if it were more adequately and sufficiently represented by our own kind. Does that is that the kind of logic you're talking about? Correct, sir. Right, 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 right. So right about now, like where you are planet right now in your present situation, um, does your present situation, is that affording you a, an opportunity to maybe move in a direction of politics since that would be a kind of dream path that you would go down or missionary work if that ultimately panned out? Yeah, that would be like a, a dream, a dream path that I would uh, be interested in. Good, good, good. Well, we'll keep it in prayer because the one thing that we want to do, and, and maybe you guys, particularly you guys, because you guys are still young, you still have time to shape and mold and, 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 and make choices, Travis, that can lead you into the realization of your passion. You still have time for that. So don't let the enemy tell you you don't have time for that. You still have time for that. It's just a matter of micromanaging the choices until you get there. Yes, sir. Blessings to you, man. Thanks for the call. Three lines open, one 888 Three lines open, one 888 Love to hear from you. See what Travis stated right there kind of, tells me that at least his engine is running uh, on, on the matter of making sure that the gospel is not quarantined by a kind of Indian reservation mentality where you just got your tag in your pocket, your your card for glory in your pocket, and you're not quite ready to have the conversation engage in the topic and the discussion, even if it becomes a little bit heated and um, and uh, and controversial, because honor is controversial. I'm glad to hear that he is thinking and that his engine is revving, because we've got so many men, particularly African-American men, who are not doing anything in terms of cultivating their mind, uh, becoming more broadly educated in a more concretely, um, um, I would call, orthodox fashion versus kind of just filling their brains up with a lot of the um, uh, Internet <clears throat> um, propaganda. Uh, you know, you can do that. But the reality is, is that you need real solid, concrete sources to um, establish a thesis, a worldview that allows you to speak into people's lives effectively. Otherwise, you, you're just going to be a uh, another Pied Piper uh, and we need to be able to have conversations with people. How great a person's day is when you have the ability to talk with them at the bus stop um, or on the BART or, you know, Uber riding today or at the grocery store or at the uh, dentist appointment or doctor's appointment. How how edifying it is for us to be equipped to have the conversation and then to be able to not dominate the conversation, but channel it into gospel issues. That's what God wants us to be, the kind of people that can be ready to go, yeah, 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 I heard about that. In fact, I'm interested in that whole topic. matter. So, so what do you think about that? Because here's where I'm at, if you don't mind. And see, now you're talking in a way that can now cultivate in people's thinking a need for them to transcend the folly of mere uh, media propaganda. This is what we're talking about. So I've got two lines open, one 888 one I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'll take your calls 
on the Monday edition of Lifeline, one 367 5329 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. I love it. 636 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, so give me a call. one 367 5329 I don't care if you go off topic. You can, uh, <clears throat> as long as your topic is worthy of discussion, we can take up this next uh, 20 minutes um, talking about spiritual things or talking about practical things, talking about your kid, talking about your life. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'm yours to answer the questions or to engage you in a topic um, of your choice. Um, J.C. Rouse said this, and then I'll go to one of the calls. Young men, I beseech you earnestly, beware of pride. Two things are said to be very rare in this world. One is a young man that is humble, and the other is an old man that is content. He says, I fear that this is only too true. So now think about that. Is that is that a caricature or is that a fact? Um, rare is the young man who walks with a level of humility mixed with the kind of confidence that says the way up is down <clears throat> and before honor is humility. I, I actually agree with that. There's some kind of fundamental tendencies in the young man that will have him pushing out and pushing beyond the um, – Appropriate boundaries, just kind of out of uh, testosterone or a sense of hyper self-confidence. But the other one is the old man that is content. Rarely do you find a really contented old man. Um, after you have engaged them for a few minutes, you come to discover that there are tons of discontented elements and components in their life. And that's a very um, interesting space to be in when you're talking with an older person, particularly an older man. A lot of it has to do with uh, unsatisfied um, past experiences that bring about in his soul a kind of discontentedness. On the other hand, it is so refreshing to meet an older man who is content in the sense that his life has afforded him what it has afforded him, and he recognizes that providence is on his side and what he has is what he has. In other words, his lot, um, his lot is exactly what. God has given him, and that's what he wants to um, be able to walk in. A blessing it is to walk in contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Three lines open, one 367 Let me go to line number two and talk with Misty in San Francisco. Misty, are you there? Misty going once. Misty going twice, Misty going three times. All the lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine is the topic. Is the uh, is the number to reach yours truly? Be glad to hear from you. If you want to take advantage of the last few minutes that I have on this Monday edition, love to answer your questions. Love to uh, take your comments. Love to absorb your. Um, your perspective on things. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three six. So happy to be here. So glad to be able to um, deal with these kind of topic issues and um, bring them to to the forefront. If you think something is much more pressing, let's try it. I'll um, take line number two and talk with Shia in Hayward. Shia, are you there? Oh, it's Tanshia. Oh, it's Tanshia. <laughs> The, yes, bro- the, bro- the brother couldn't even spell your name, um, but she is good. She is good. Uh, 
All right, uh, get a little closer <laughs> to your phone and make sure that your radio's not up. What's going on? Um, so I wanted to answer that question as far as what cause would I take up. Mm-hmm. Um, the cause I would take up is entertainment. Uh-huh. Um, maybe not so much as be actually being in entertainment, but whoever governs, like what is shown, um, just because it influences us so much, the TV. And I don't know, um, maybe have better programming and um, just a lot of the things that they show, even for children, mm-hmm. it has a lot of sub- subliminal messages in it and it actually introduces very mature um subject matter yes sir way too way too early yes sir absolutely and um and so um i would like to do and and it's just a dream i don't think i would ever (laughs) get a chance to do that but in and it may result in people watching less tv and i'm not sure if that's not such a bad thing then you know maybe we'll get back to you know playing outside and like actually talking to people as opposed to in in even if i could even extend that even to like social media even to manage that also because it's it does really affect how we um and and there are studies that show how we actually respond to each other in relational wise based on showing how it's changed since the increase of the social media and uh, TV. And so that's, that would be my dream is to right. be able to have, uh, yeah. Right. So, um, so I'm going to kind of uh, frame this and see if we can do a little bit more of a kind of um, a co- concrete forming of an idea there. W- would it be that what you would want to be able to do is put a firewall up against the flood of data that comes in so that, um, it just doesn't have so much of a pervasive impact, or would it be that you would want to be on the proactive end of producing data, producing information, producing programming, producing movies that will simply buttress up against the flood that's already taking place in um, in our society? Or would you want to, thirdly, be in a position of simply... Um, uh, refereeing what is to be shown and what is not to be shown. Those are three different approaches at a gargantuan uh, subject matter. And from an evangelical standpoint or a missional standpoint for God, I think that's noble. But out of those three, which one would be more the concrete way in which you would want to do it if you could? I would, um, my first choice would be, because it's two, because, because actually creating the programs, that speaks to my creative side, which right. I would love to do. Right. But I think more importantly would be to referee against what is actually shown. Okay. That's interesting because that particular position that you're taking, um, that really requires uh, the world being subject to axiomatic principles and um, objective truth. Uh, parameters by which morality and ethics are not moving targets as they are today by design. In other words, because we live in a free country, a free nation, 
um, so much is free to be done just in the name of freedom um, that to be in a place where you can make policy that impedes freedom is almost a lost cause, if you understand what I'm saying. Yes, sir. That's why I would have to connect, you know, with my brother before who wanted to get into the politics and my other brother that wanted to get on the inside. I would have to connect with them and see if we could work something out. Right. To where. Right. Well, I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm we, with... could, we could get because cause they they make policies now that infringe, infringe against our our freedoms already. And and I'm not saying necessarily do that, but. There are ways where we can do it where it is still um, where it is where it's still right. Of course, for lack I of a better term. Well, yeah, I got you. And, and and what I'm saying is that historically the battle has been. So what you're seeing right now in terms of uh, the free market and what you're seeing in terms of a free world society of technology with all of our different um, social media outlets and and all of the the variables that go along with and all of the new technology. Uh, to boot relative to what you and I are, are recognizing is a massive overload of data information that's unchecked and not healthy at all is the consequence of what is called freedom. That tension has been there ever since the West has uh, bought into the idea of freedom versus being governed by a fascist government or a totalitarian party or even the church because there was an era in which the church dominated the world before the enlightenment period and things could either go the way the church said go or not. And that was, that did not prove to be healthy either because church people can be as hyper legalistic and self-righteous and unprincipled um, as well as the non-church people. And so I, I think what we're dealing with presently is a freedom that simply requires virtue uh, poured into it. Um, versus that freedom itself being controlled. That's my thesis, and I've been talking about this almost before you were born, young lady, uh, that liberty without virtue is a curse. And so I don't want my liberty, I don't want my liberty taken away. I I want virtue kind of poured into that field so people can find spaces in that field where they enjoy life. They see the, they see the darkness, they see the thorns, thistles, and poisonous shrubs and bushes, but they can also find those beautiful um, garden spaces where they can enjoy the glory of God and good conversation and good talk and good dialogue and beautiful things that are even secular and worldly that God made in their original form. That's that's kind of my ideal of the world that we might be able to shape um, uh, prior to Christ coming back. That yes, makes sense. sir, I concur. All right, when, when do you take off? Uh, tonight. Okay, all right, praying for you. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Got to take a break. When I come back, I'll take both of y'all calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. All right, we're back. Let's go to line number three and talk with Misty in Oakland. Misty, what is your question, comment, or observation today? Hey, <laughs> uh, I just want to say, hey, I'm uh, on the front lines, and my mission is there's kind of a few parts to it, but it's kind of like uh, life and death situations mm-hmm. and um, trying to prove uh, dark souls from the pit of hell changing systems, tearing down strongholds, and just reaching uh, those who are kind of unreachable, per se. And so you're more 
So are you in my are you are you in our our skid row areas with our brothers and sisters that are more or less um outside of the grid and kind of operating in um in 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 the world of addiction and things of that nature? Yeah, off the grid, wherever wherever there's a front line, yeah. be it um, prison, be it drugs, okay. be it uh, okay. all kinds of demonic activity, or different faiths, sort of apologetic type stuff. So be it Mormonism or atheism or Satanism or agnostics or druggies, you mm-hmm. know, any kind of mm-hmm. thing that's mm-hmm. just really the latter rain that have not been reached. Mm-hmm. I would say that that is the latter rain that um, I think what we need to pray for revival to get these into the kingdom. Agreed. Now, what is the territory right now for you? Uh, I mean, the, the geography. The ge- ge- geography. Uh, geography, I would say the, uh, the hotbeds, but the whole Bay Area okay. um, is, a hot, is a hotbed because what you have here is you have the most atheistic city in all of America, and you have a couple, you know, there's, there's hotbeds in other cities like New Orleans and New York, um, Detroit, you've got hotbeds in, in different cities as well. Um, but the surrounding areas, um, and you know, you'll find, you'll find good souls, so to speak. Sure. Because uh, you, you can find bad souls in the churches. That's right. I mean, you know, not, right. Every, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is, is, with, is with Christ. This is true. Um, but these people have a lot of, you know, hatred. And you get a lot of hatred, and honestly, right now, it's just dealing with life and death stuff and trauma. A lot of trauma, a lot of betrayal, a lot of, um, what do you say, uh, slander. You know, everything that you can imagine that comes flying at you left and right when you're trying to go into territory that the devil does not want to give up. Okay. Yep. You're in the... the, um... You're in the unseen, the unseen dimensions, and I mean that the unnoticeables, um, that's part of the uh, visible chaos. There's an invisible chaos, too, but that part, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that part of the invisible exactly. chaos that you're dealing with. Which, Ephesians, Ephesians 6, you know, sure. that uh, we're battling against principalities in our places, because, you know, I can go through 10 attacks a day. I mean, it can be the smallest thing, but it's very stressful. So sure. I've already got a lot of battles that I'm dealing with, you know. I, walk, I try to walk from here you know, wherever it is, from here just to my car, I walk right through a spider web. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the situation is. I turn the corner, there's another spider web. I mean, it's just, it's relentless. And so prayers for protection and for prayers sure. for favor, for sure. prayers for um, peace, and just things so that I can stay girded up because it's, it's endless. And, you know, I'm fighting battles that people, I could say, would never, ever, ever be able to even handle. And it, it's too much for me at times, but then it, it comes back and I start over again. And, you know, I just went through, I just had to deal with some traumatic stuff, um, all kinds of things. This is so complicated. And, you know, but God gave me up a long, long time ago. And so I know that this is my mission. And um, everybody's got a different mission. And yep. everybody's got a different, you know, a different, uh, let's say, call group of people that they are trying to reach or yep. that they can reach. Yep. It's true. It's true. Uh, it's true, you know? and here's what I'm going to say. I mean, sometimes I wish it wasn't this because it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, stay armored up. Stay armored up. Stay armored up. Keep Misty in your prayers. Keep her in your prayers. Stay armored up. Let's go to line number one and talk with Ezekiel to shut it down. Ezekiel, what's your question, observation, or comment, sir? Yeah, I want to uh, comment on a couple of the other people. Now, as far as the police, 
what I would do is get an independent police review board okay. that ran by the people and for the people. Logical, it's been logical. Way long overdue. I mean, internal affairs is like the, the fox watching the hen house. You sure. know what I'm saying? Agree. I mean, how are you gonna? Amen. Amen. So. I would do that for uh, police and do that locally. How would that and, happen? Uh, How would we be able to do that, though? Uh, see, see, you're coming at the end of the show, but that would have been really good to want to expand. I would re- really have wanted to actually talk about how would one create an independent uh, 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 group, uh, group of people who were qualified to be able to investigate internal corruption to make sure that it gets mitigated so that we can stop some of this foolishness that goes on so much as a consequence of the wholesale, uh, you know, pat, pat on the back system that's going on. How would how would we affect that? Well, I couldn't put it in a nutshell in five minutes, but right. I would love to call next week and expound on it. You know what I mean? Well, but, is this um, something you're thinking about? Well, yeah, because it's like if you get the people together, um, there's enough there's enough people that uh, that do investigations on cops anyway. As long as we're able to see the paperwork on what happened and stuff Got like it. that. Now, Got it. If the, you know, if this man came at you and he was trying to attack you, then okay, you know, the officer has a has a uh, has that right to defend himself. I mean, everybody does. But if that man is just running away, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, you got to put down the donut and just run after him. That's all. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. Like, that's right. You can't just, you know, start shooting shots at him in the bag and then right. find out he ain't got a gun because that's murder. Right. And um, if you don't, if nobody ends up uh, checking it, I mean, there's ways that people can get together and let the people, the taxpayers, actually give them a sentence. Because if the cops feel right now that they can just shoot a, shoot a man and get a paid vacation, I mean, well, that's been going that's on. It? That's been going on for for uh, for more than decades in terms of either uh, putting them on paid leave or sending them to yep. different districts, et cetera, et cetera. That's been going on for a long time. And that's frustrating. So that would have to change. And I, I think I would agree with you, Ezekiel, and maybe we will be able to have a discussion down the line as to why it would be feasible for um, a society that recognizes that it's law enforcement uh, branch that's designed for the protection and preservation of the peace of, of our citizenry is necessary, but has to also then be, um, be, be governed with some real checks and balances that require whistleblowers, people who know how to pull documents, individuals who know how to put together um, dossiers, and then also get it to the right uh, public media outlets in order for um, for attention to be justly brought to specific case scenarios. I know some of that's being done out there already. I, I certainly do know that, but uh, it would be fascinating to hear uh, your take on that. And would that be, if you heard my basic um, proposition, if God gave you a cause after reading your Bible twice and being thoroughly clear on true discipleship and understanding the gospel so that what we want to do is gospel the culture instead of just turn this into a pure social justice mission um, with with that premise there um, how would you how would that be uh, um, a grounds for the uh, intrusion of the gospel if you will okay well that uh, actually I had something different for that um, I was just commenting to the, the police part because uh, you uh, one of your questions was you know how to uh, deal with the police but as far as the gospel thing my thing would be to go to the Middle East and uh, satellite radio in there, you okay. know, because sometimes a preacher can't be on the gr- 
being on the ground. I agree. So if you can get the radios there and have the satellite, uh, you know, pumping in the gospel, because yep. somebody can pick up a radio and yep. go to their room and, yep. and find a station, yep. and then you know, have the you know, a pastors out here translate it into 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 their language. Got it. You know what I mean? No, it's so, sweet. You know, they go around and you, you know they skip around and find a radio. Oh my God, the gospel's playing. You know, they listen, go in their room. Let's you know, listen. listen. In ear and you are you are you're speaking into my wheelhouse. I'm going to have to let you go for time's sake, but Ezekiel, call me back on that. Basically, that's what most of our radio groups have done as startups. Uh, missionary work, uh, you know, just have done that for years. It is a safe way and effective way to do it. Thanks for the call. Hey, I appreciate you guys for hanging out with me for two hours. Looking forward to talking with you next week. This Mother's Day, come on out and let's do breakfast. All my men, let's get there at 830 and cook it up for our moms. Until then, uh, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.